It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Back together Saturday drew a bigger crowd than all than four Reds games this year, according to Charlie Goldsmith. Let's get into what went down on Saturday at Paul Brown Stadium. You are Locked On Bengals. Your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine, coming to you from Paul Brown Stadium, it is Get Back Together Saturday as we record this episode, recapping the last couple of days of practice as the Bengals are off on Sunday, getting you all of the big takeaways from those practices as the Bengals gear up for the preseason starting in less than two weeks now. Less than two weeks from the time you listen to this episode, there will be a football game played at Paul Brown Stadium. Still no Joe Burrow, but we do have an update there. Big day for Joe Mixon. We'll update you on the offensive line rotation as the Bengals continue to work in different combinations of right guard and right tackle as Alex Kappa and Lyle Collins work their way back from injuries and other standout notes from two more days of training camp practices, including the one that 28,283 Bengals fans took in at Paul Brown Stadium on Saturday. So that crowd, again, according to Charlie Goldsmith, more than the Reds have drawn at all but four games this year. And James, you, you mentioned this. Talk about talk about evidence that it's a football town. I don't know what else we need. This is a, a preseason practice, and we got 28,000-plus fans out there. So big draw, and unfortunately no Joe Burrow, but this shows where the city's at with this team right now. Foosball is not the devil in Cincinnati. We'll say that as the water boy reference, baby. It is uh, very clear that it's a football town. I mean, they almost had 2,000 people at Friday's practice. And it's just bleachers and let's stand in the sun. And it's not necessarily pleasant, right? You know, it's a football practice. Foot, go, football practice is hard. And just standing there isn't necessarily that fun or sitting in bleachers. Um, obviously, on, on Saturday, much different because it was inside Paul Brown Stadium. And Jake, I know I'm sure you've seen photos and stuff and videos, and I tried to post some. The lower bowl was basically full. Yeah. And and I talked to fans on the concourse that were, uh, you know, hoping to get water, hoping to get this or that really quickly. And it was so packed that lines weren't short. And and so that's a testament to how excited people were uh, more than anything is, is the fact that they were able to fill a lower bowl and get this. Just because you get the tickets to back together Saturday doesn't mean you need to go, right? They were free. You sign up. You're able to get them. 
ah, Joe Burrow's not going to be there. Well, maybe he will be. I don't, I don't know. And so it's, it's that part of it um, that I think uh, is as impressive as anything is it's not like the people stayed home. Cause there was a, you know, there, there might've been a, an inkling that, or, or a hope that Burrow maybe walks out onto the field. He did. And at the same time, you know, over 28,000 showed up. So that's awesome. As far as Burrow's concerned, no timetable. Zach Taylor was really um, uh, shying away from giving us any real information, any news. He did say that he's talked to basically Burrow's entire family during this recovery process. So mm-hmm. I thought that was quite interesting. Um, but we don't know when he's going to be back. So uh, fingers crossed that it's in the near future. Yeah, and it might make sense for that day to be Monday with an off day on Sunday. We'll see. Maybe by the time you listen to this episode, if you're listening to it on your way home on Monday and it's after the Bengals have practiced, well, there's another episode for you. Go listen to that because we'll have another episode very shortly after the Bengals practice on Monday. But uh, right. Burrow might be back in the building at that point, but he might not be. And to Taylor's point, you don't want to rush a guy back from – uh, an internal organ surgery as minimally invasive as it may or may not have been probably was and no reason to put a timetable on it. He's gotten in trouble in the past for putting timetables on things as coaches do when they, when they learn that. And that's why Marvin Lewis gave his weather analogies and never gave, you know, specific timetables either. So we'll see Joe when he's back, when he's ready. And until then I'm, I'm still unconcerned. And, and mm-hmm. I, I think, really no significant cause for concern. It would be great for him to get those reps. Obviously that would be ideal, but a lot of time between now and that regular season opener and it'll cool off a little bit between now and that regular season opener, James, or it might Cincinnati weather, of course, sometimes not the most predictable thing, but Evan McPherson kicking a 65 yard field goal to conclude practice on get back together Saturday he attributed some of that to the weather, the the ball compressing well, he said, in the heat. But from the videos I saw, easily, I think, had enough leg on it to get through the uprights from 70 yards. Of course, there's no intense field goal blocking attempts coming from the defense at this part of of the of the of the training camp schedule of the program, but 65 yards with room to spare is a pretty exciting thing to see from your kicker at Paul Brown Stadium. And the ball wasn't kicked low. Like, I don't think it gets mm-hmm. blocked, right? Like, yeah. he he's just got a leg, man. Yep. <laughs> that dude's got, you know, that Money Mac leg that you can only find on on number two. And it, it's it's wild. Here's what I want to point out, because everyone's going to know by the time you, you listen to this about the 65-yarder. You've probably heard some of Evan McPherson's comments. But when we talked to him after practice – and I said this to him, and I know Justin Tucker exists. I said, you're like the most popular kicker in the league. And here's why I said that, because I'm sure some people have heard that comment. And I know Justin Tucker exists. But this guy was doing high knees in the end zone. And not the end zone that I was at, the far end zone. And you hear the crowd get loud. And then suddenly the entire, entire lower bowl, is yelling money mac shooter cheering because the kicker is doing some high knees and that is the part during the practice it's like oh we see evan yeah like that's the part that's like wild to me is is this kid he's that talented and at the same time uh you know is 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 this famous among Bengals fans i would say at this point 
the other thing that I think is fun is is Mike Hilton was uh, trying to bring Evan back a little bit and, mm-hmm. and saying, oh, those are last year's stats. Yeah. And, and that's last year. Last year is last year. And, and actually, I think that's good that these veterans are doing that. And, and Mike specifically, I, I I like him a lot that he's doing that to, to try to make sure that Evan McPherson's head doesn't blow up. Because I got to be honest, that would be really hard if you've been as good as he has and you got reporters like me, doofuses, saying, hey, you might be the most famous kicker in the league. Yeah, that that uh, it might be hard for you not to have a giant head. Without Joe Burrow there, think about the Bengals that are getting the biggest reactions from the crowd. Jamar Chase, there's a video of him eliciting screams from the crowd. The defensive line walking off the field after Friday's practice, turning around to see what the commotion was about. It was Jamar Chase. Today, Evan McPherson... You know, Joe Mixon, always very popular, likes to play catch with fans in the stands, really good about signing things. And and Burrow's not there, but obviously Joe Burrow, very popular. And and Evan McPherson is probably the next guy. I don't know. Maybe there's somebody else on defense I'm not thinking of. Maybe Jesse Bates will cause quite a stir when he shows up, if he shows up, when he shows up at some point. Also worth noting, by the way, that Cal Adamitis was the long snapper on that field goal for Evan McPherson to close practice out. So Kevin Huber holding Evan and, and Cal Adamitis snapping on the 65 yarder to close out Saturday's practice. But that was just the end of the practice. And we haven't even talked about what went down during the team portion, what fans saw, what has gone on with the offensive line rotation. So plenty more to get to as we cover Friday and Saturday's practices here. And we'll get into that coming up next. But first, a word from Dave. Look, we've all been in a situation at some point when we've been a little tight. Things were tight and you needed a little change to get you through, whether it's a bill, whether it's filling up your gas tank. Dave can help you do just that. It's the banking app that can get you up to $500 instantly with extra cash. It's more money to fill your tank, buy a wedding gift, catch up on bills. There's no interest, no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need, and you can too. So download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. Future you. We'll thank you with Dave. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. James, plenty more to talk about, I think, with two practices since we last convened the Locked On Bengals podcast. I know on Saturday it was a standout day for Joe Mixon. Sounds like he had some big runs, was involved as a receiver out of the backfield. Also, a couple other injury updates we can hit with Mike Thomas avoiding anything severe. He was dressed and out there for practice on Saturday and Jeff Gunter the Bengals seventh round rookie was not as injured as was feared described Mm -hmm. as a tweak to the knee and not something as catastrophic as potentially an ACL or other major structural damage that would cause him to miss significant time so dodged a couple bullets there on Friday but Joe Mixon 
where I started this segment, had a big day from what we've what 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 was observed, of course, on on Saturday at Paul Brown Stadium. He did, no doubt about it. Put on a show, started by you know addressing the crowd. Didn't say a ton. Uh, started by leading the crowd in a Houday chant, and which obviously the crowd got pretty pretty loud about. And then said, "Look, you know, we want to get back to the Super Bowl and finish the job this time." And you know, it's pretty much that simple. And I, I posted, I tweeted the video of him saying that. So if you missed it, you can check that out. But yeah, he uh, he's quite the showman. We'll, we'll say that Jake running all the way to the end zone on on runs where he certainly didn't have to pull up because he, he had gotten touched and he just kept running all the way to the end zone. Did his big step and dance that he does and spun the ball. And, uh, you know, the crowd ate it up. Then the other time on the other side, NFL Network was here and Tom Pelissero uh, was uh, taking a recording on his phone and Mixon took the ball and put it right in, in Tom Pelissero's uh, camera. So, no, he's uh, he's he's quite the showman. He was signing a bunch of autographs for the kids as well. And, and Joe Mixon is a guy that uh, that loves the crowd. I, I will say he did talk to the media on Friday mm-hmm. for the first time since the Super Bowl. And talked about a couple of things. One, how much he wishes he would have been in there on that third and one, naturally. Uh, in you know, I, I tweeted out the full quote. Um, don't have it handy, so I don't want to paraphrase and get myself or, or misinterpret him. Uh, the other thing, though, that stood out to me and the, the juicy thing, uh, well, there's, it's twofold. One, when he found out that Lyle Collins was going to be available, he called his agent and said, we got to get him. Two, speaking of two, he's thinking about two. Not one, but two thousand yards, two thousand rushing yards this year. So I thought that that was uh, uh, bold, which you would expect that from a guy like Joe Mixon, who's as talented as he is. But um, yeah, he's he's confident, looks good, looks explosive, looks fast. It looks exactly how you'd want him to look at this stage of training camp. Sounds like he's really excited for the additions on the offensive line. Has talked about the gaping holes that he expects to be opened up from, but two thousand yards rushing would be very impressive for Joe Mixon. That would be a C-level change of significant degrees for this offense. When you look at Joe Mixon's career, last year was his, was his career high in rushing yards at 1,205. Mm-hmm. Of course, his yards per carry down a bit from his best season, which was in 2018, when he averaged 4.9 yards per carry. And on higher volume, 4.9 yards per carry gets there. But... For, for 2,000 yards, um, even if he's back to his career high, 4.9 yards per carry, that's 408 carries. So he would have to really bump that number up, I think. I don't think there's 408 carries coming for Joe Mixon in 2022. But if that average jumps up and he rips off some of those big runs, I forget who it was. I think one of the, one of the PFF guys had a chart of running backs in the NFL with yards before and after contact. And Bengals running backs in 2021 were either the second or third worst in yards before contact in 2021. And Joe Mixon's right up there. The Bengals running backs, it wasn't just Mixon, but Mixon's a big part of it. Bengals running backs were right up there in the top Mm -hmm. five to 10 in yards after contact. So you give them an extra three yards before contact, you know, then, then you can start to have a very, very productive running game. No doubt, no doubt. And, and how big would it be if they did have that type of production, you know, from Mixon? Now, 2,000 yards, 
something, honestly, I think something bad would have to happen for that to happen. Like, I don't want that to happen. It's a pass-first offense. That, that's what they are. And yeah, you get 2,000 so, yards in a Tennessee Titans offense, not a Joe Burrow yeah. offense. Which, by the way, Tennessee Titans will never win the Super Bowl that way. That Literally never will they win. They just won't. Now, I guess if you had Derrick Henry with Joe Burrow and then in the playoffs you flipped it and, and started throwing the ball around, then maybe you could, I guess. But the, the that way doesn't work. So what I would say, and I don't even know how realistic this is, but he topped over 1,500 yards from scrimmage. How about you get to 2,000 yards total and 500 are through the air and you're able to pull off the pass blocking game a little bit more? Like that's the part. Like I know he's flashy and all that stuff, but like what do I want to see from Joe Mixon? I want him to know him and Joe Burrow. I want them to be on the same page and I want Joe Burrow to trust Joe Mixon fully. Not that he doesn't. But the coaching staff doesn't trust Joe Mixon fully in pass protection, which goes back to Super Bowl 56, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. So it's it's one thing to say, and I agree, Joe Mixon should have been in the game on third and one. But third down, it's not like it was his down last year. It wasn't. And it hasn't been his down. And so that's the part of it where, yeah, I get it. You need to be in there, want to be in there. I also understand that, well, you're going to have to be better at pass protecting to, to be in there on more third downs. He also talked about advocating for himself in that situation. In that quote, he said that he should have spoken up. He said that he was getting involved in more third downs and more two-minute offense stuff in the playoffs. But at that point in the game, the I don't know if that's true, by the way. Yeah, I also was thinking about that and whether or not that was true. Um, but he, he did mention that he wanted to advocate for himself. Now, if he has the same amount of carries this year as last year and the running game is more efficient, say he gets up to five yards per carry instead of 4.1, Ooh. Ooh. then you get just about to 1,500. You're a little bit short. And if he is more involved in the passing game, and we've been talking about this since Joe Mixon came into the league and has a few more opportunities there, not just catching screen passes and passes in the flat on checkdowns, then 500 also seems doable, but those are two big ifs, I would say. And I'd, I'd say the bigger if is, does he get those chances in, in the passing game? Because they've been so consistent in the way he's been used over coaching regimes, between between coaching regimes. And so that would be probably a bit more surprising, but it sounds like he was featured in the passing game on Saturday, had a nice one-handed catch in, in a relatively contested situation. And so... When you're doing things like that, I mean, I know there's there's a quote floating around there from a while ago now. I think this is three or four years ago that he needs to stop trying to catch the ball with one hand. But when you're doing that consistently, which I think he has done pretty consistently, you know, the pass blocking does have to come along. But hopefully he gets more opportunities as we talk about this for the sixth year of Joe Mixon's career. Yeah, hopefully he earns more opportunities, but maybe not. Maybe he's not that maybe he's just not going to be this third down because he was really productive last year, 16 total touchdowns, 1500 yards plus from scrimmage, like we mentioned. So like if you get that again, but it's more efficient and they're just better on third downs and short yardage situations, sign me up. Yep. Because then you know what that does that because if they're better in short yardage and he's averaging more yards per carry and maybe doesn't get as many touches, I think that's the path to opening up this offense to new heights, right? And getting, Oh my, honestly, getting defenses out of the two high looks that they're going to see early, because that's what what we'll see early on with Jamar and T and, and Tyler and and Joe, they'll make, they'll see if the Bengals are willing to 
uh, take some of the underneath stuff and, and try to prevent that big deep downfield passing game. And we saw a little bit of that last year when the passing offense did at times have some issues. We saw some of that come against offenses that like to play out of those two high shells. They would often spin out of them and bring a safety down after the snap. But when you can punish that a little bit more by having more effective first level blocking from your offensive line, getting your running back to the second level a little bit more consistently. And Joe Mixon still has that acceleration, that burst and the slipperiness to make your second level angles bad and to run through some tackles. Then you can't stay in that too high shell the whole game. Now, I I think that a team like the Chiefs, if the Bengals get to that level of of efficiency potentially and, and don't quote me on statistics. Maybe the Bengals were more efficient passing the ball last year, but when you include sacks, I think they weren't more efficient than the Chiefs passing the ball in 2021. But if, if you get to that level where you're, you, you don't have those sacks and your passing offense is so efficient, then you get to the point where teams are, are saying, like the Bengals did to the Chiefs, we're going we're gonna to stay light boxes. We're going to play five, six-man boxes a whole game, and we don't care if you run the ball. Mm-hmm. You get to that point, if you can run the ball the way the Browns run the ball, for example, then then you have a real lethal one-two punch. But that's very rare. I'll say that. That's very rare. But if the Bengals do get there, then this offense is absolutely taking a step that we haven't even really imagined, I think, quite yet. Coming up next, more to talk about from Back Together Saturday, James, and Friday's practice, some offensive line rotations we haven't mentioned. I saw Trey Flowers guarding a tight end. We'll wrap up coming up next. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs, whether it is the NFL, uh, whether it is the Bengals and Joe Burrow's MVP odds or their chances of winning it all this season. You can do that, plus all the latest Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, even golf. And with the MLB trade deadline, who knows? Maybe you want to start to wager on that. The Reds making a few trades. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? to bet online i hope you got that reference jake bet online is the easiest and best way to wager on all your favorite sports so don't delay i've used them you should too bet online where the game starts is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the lombardi trophy either way join keith sanchez and damian parson for mock draft monday on the locked on nfl draft podcast They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Are there options at bet online? I wonder, for first overall pick in 2023 MLB Draft? Because we want to get a bet for Reds fans. Wow. They've got I'm glad some you added to, to it. I'm glad you added to it. Yeah, that's mean, but it's true. So whatever. They've got some work to do to get to that number one pick. <laughs> but uh, they're right there in trading Luis Cus. Anyway, we're, we're a Bengals podcast over here, James. I mentioned offensive line rotations. I mentioned Trey Flowers. Are there other very large noteworthy topics that you want to hit here, James? Is you've been there in person and certainly have seen more than I have. No, I, I don't think anything noteworthy. Uh, real quick on Evan McPherson, I just want to mention this. He did say, and I don't know if this got lost in the shuffle during the the run to the Super Bowl, but Justin Tucker reached out to him. Did we ever know that? Did we know that? Were we aware? Not that I recall, no. Okay, so Justin Tucker reached out to him during the postseason, and, and 
then after they won the AFC championship and they've kind of formed a little bit uh, of a relationship there. So I think that's really cool because the face of kickers is Justin Tucker. Like there's no denying that. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that Evan McPherson impressed him enough to, you know, if you're a rookie and you impress LeBron enough, uh, that's something or insert whoever you want to say, don't make this a LeBron thing, but you get my point. So uh, I wanted to mention that Um, other than that, I don't think so. Uh, outside of this, Jake, you, you don't get to experience it as much as I do since I'm at camp every single day. But it's awesome seeing all the Locked On Bengals listeners and meeting them in person. And we've had meetups and stuff. And, and you know, next time Jake's in town, we'll do another one. But uh, seeing everybody at training camp and everybody saying hi, it's really, really cool. And I need to be better at telling Jake about it because I think this is the first time I have since camp started. But yeah, a lot of our listeners have have said hi over the past few days, Jake. Well, there are 28,000 people there today. And I know I know what our listener numbers are. I'm sure most of them have heard us talk about the team they went to support at least once. And if you're listening, we just to reiterate what James said, do appreciate all of you that do listen. And I look forward to seeing many of you again the next time I'm there. Uh, let's let's go offensive line rotation next as we transition back to football here for, for a few minutes before we wrap up. Sounds like there have been different combinations every day, and I didn't see what happened on the right side of the offensive line on Saturday. I think they're out of new combinations. They could realistically run out there with the first team, but on Friday it was different, right, James? And And you can tell us what happened on Saturday as well. Prince, uh, so Isaiah Prince was at right tackle, Cordell Volson at right guard. And I believe that was the case again on Saturday. Okay. Uh, now, full disclosure, when I was down there shooting stuff, it was hard to see, believe it or not. We were stuck on one end zone, so I couldn't necessarily see. There were some writers that went up. Me, naturally, I'm doing the YouTube thing, so I had to take stay down and take some video too. And you can't shoot from the press box because you'll see the whole field. So – um, but yeah, I, I believe it was those two, but we've seen, you're right, every combination. Um, and, and I wouldn't be shocked if we see a couple of more, uh, it's, uh, the, the other thing while we're talking about the offensive line, Frank Pollock talked Friday and praised Jackson Carmen was really effusive in his praise of Jackson Carmen, how in shape he was, how well he was doing. Uh, so we'll see. Because uh, that was the big hole. That was the big question mark, right? And, and it seems like Lyle Collins is going to be fine, that Alex Kappa is going to be fine. Um, and so Ted Karras, Jonah Williams, Collins, Kappa, good to go. And all but those one one spot. It seems like Carmen's you know, the favorite right now and in the clear favorite, I think. Uh, but Cordell Volson could be behind him since he's getting reps at right guard. Yeah, it sounds like it was a big offseason for Jackson Carmen. Judging from Frank Pollock's comments, came into came into camp in significantly better shape night and day. He said that Carmen would have laughed at you and said he learned a valuable lesson after his rookie year, <laughs> after after rookie year training camp. I did just watch a clip, James, to try to verify what was happening on the right side of the offensive line in practice. To me, it looks like 77 at right guard. It does look like Isaiah Prince at right tackle. So Hakeem Adenogy and Isaiah Prince Could may be. have been the combo today, at least on this particular play, which is a, I'd say, 15-yard or so come back to Jamar Chase in front of Chidobe Awuzier. But the, and, and I want to credit Taylor Cornell really quick for that clip. I appreciate those of you out there who are getting the clips on Twitter at training camp. Hasn't been as much of that this year. I think they've wisened up, James, as you said, they're putting the the players away from, away from the stands a little bit, making those videos a little bit harder to capture in general. But 
I think that that seems like the likely backup duo to me so far. So I just far, checked. I'd say it's Adenogy I, and Prince. Yeah, I just checked again, and uh, I do see Adenogy in there with the first team. So there we go. There we go. So so Volsing getting his shots, which I think is is great news. Deontay Smith getting his shots. Again, I think that's fantastic to get these guys work because they're working with the starters for a backup role. And, of course, many of these players had significant reps last year, such as Hakeem Adeniji and Isaiah Prince. And at times, those weren't the best reps. At times, they were okay. And and I know we've talked about this, and I know a lot of Bengals fans are excited for the new thing because they're scarred by the old thing that wasn't as good last year. But I'm excited to see all these guys in preseason games, to see how their Mm -hmm. games have developed, to see how their offseason work has gone. Because I I believe Adeniji, Prince, and Carmen perhaps all worked with the same trainer this offseason. I don't remember the exact combination, but I do know that multiple offensive linemen were working with the same offensive line offseason training group. It was Adenogy Carmen and actually Deontay Smith, not Isaiah Prince, working with the same same trainers. And it sounds like Adenogy in particular impressed some of the guys he was working with out there. So give him a shot to uh, to show what he's got this preseason. Yeah, and right now we have Akeem Adenogy two days, Cordell Volson mm-hmm. two days, Isaiah Prince three days, and Deontay Smith one day. For That's those right. keeping track of that, uh, the other thing, by the way, uh, Frank Pollock really big on Ted Karras. Yeah. Loves Ted Karras. Big Ted Karras guy. And um, just so in, in – you know, we're recording this obviously uh, after practice on Saturday, but uh, I know Ted Karras invited some teammates uh, to watch some fights on Saturday night. So that's uh, he's bonding with some of the guys, and it wasn't just offensive linemen. I think he was inviting a couple defensive linemen too. So that's good, good on his end for for pulling that off. And who knows how many went, but still cool. Absolutely makes sense, by the way, that Frank Pollock would love Ted Karras because Ted Karras is a future Frank Pollock. Those guys are going to be peers. It, when when Ted Karras is coaching the offensive line in 10, 10 plus years or whenever he gets into it, maybe, maybe he'll go work for Frank Pollock somewhere in the future <laughs> or be working for Frank Pollock in Cincinnati. Who knows where the future will take us? Uh, any other notes from practice on Saturday or Friday that we need to hit here, James? Uh, Puka Williams has missed a couple the past couple of days. Okay. Um, not exactly sure what, but he's missed practice a couple of days, so uh, we'll monitor that. He's been out there, just hasn't mm-hmm. worked. Um, outside of that, I don't I think really Kwame think Kwame so. Lasseter is getting some looks at punt returner, especially with, with Puka being away. So Kwame Lasseter getting a few looks there, perhaps, with Puka Williams' absence. Is, was uh, Mitchell Wilcox any change in his status that you no. noticed on Saturday? Nope. Okay. Some extra opportunities then for Thaddeus Moss. Yep. All right. Well, we've made it through the back first together. week of Bengals training camp. We've celebrate, celebrated getting back together on Saturday at Paul Brown Stadium, which may be called something else. Do you think we're going to get that by week one? Yeah. No No developments there in the it's last easy. week. I don't, I don't even know why. I don't even know why this is a debate. I, already, I literally talked to Mike Brown right before we started oh, recording. Oh, good. You know what you, he, you you bought the naming rights? I'm gonna break the news. I'm gonna break, built bar field at Paul Brown Stadium. Oh, it's you done? It's over. No, it's. I'm telling you, it's done. I didn't it's know you were be, that close with the built bar people. I mean, I knew you were a big customer. I just figured I'd break the news now here on Locked On Bengals. I, 
We need to put a disclaimer. We need we need one of those scrolling disclaimers. Obviously, it's funny. All right. Obviously, come on. Yeah. Don't sue I, us for defamation. I, I, I went up Bengals. to. Uh, I went up to one of the. Uh, there's a new PR person for the Bengals, and he's really nice. And but I can like say stuff with the you know I could be like built bars are literally going to buy the naming rights to Paul Brown Stadium. And I'll stay yeah. with a straight face. And you know that. And a lot of our listeners know that and people around me. And, and I was like, oh, so I can go out anywhere in the end zone, right? Because he said, you got to stay here in the end zone. I was like, oh, out there in the end zone? And he was like, no, this yellow line. And, like, <laughs> and I was like, dude, I'm just kidding. I know. <laughs> but like, it, it, so, yeah, Built Bar. I, I don't want to throw people off with the Built Bar. But Built Bar Stadium? Sounds bad. Bet online stadium. Who knows? Date stadium. I locked on Bengals stadium. Yeah, there, there it is. I thought you had bought the naming rights to the stadium for our podcast. That's what I was oh. locked locked on Bengals stadium. Sure. Or locked on Bengals field at Paul Brown stadium. Also fine. I'll take either. That's going to do it for this episode of the locked on Bengals podcast. The Bengals are back to work on Monday. Maybe we'll see Joe Burrow. Maybe we won't. Either way, the Bengals will be back at work, and so will we. Until next time, Bengals fans, thanks for listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast. If you need more NFL action, you can always check out Locked On NFL. Until next time, who day, and have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.